What's up, everyone, and welcome into the Buffalo Sports Collective. It is Friday, December 30th, 2022. It's me, PK. Solo show today. If I sound a bit off, I am recovering from a head cold that I developed when I was outside shoveling for three straight days. But I am in the mend. I'm on the mend, recovering. That is why I am uh, just sounding a bit more unusual and more stuffed up than normal. But Phil is currently celebrating Christmas with his family because he was in Erie County. He had the driving bans. He was not allowed to celebrate with his family. So that is where he is right now. Bad show for him to take off because I am going to have to cover this by, by myself. And like I said, I'm recovering. So please bear mind, bear in mind when I uh, when I have to step away and just sneeze or blow my nose or something like that. But I'll edit that all in post. You guys didn't have to fi- find out about that. But... If you want to keep track with my sickness recovery, you can follow along with us on Facebook and Instagram at Buffalo Sports Collective and on Twitter at Buffalo Sports Co. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out our website at buffalosportscollective.com and check for the time breakdowns in the description of the show. We have two segments to talk about here. We got a Bills preview for their Monday night game versus the Bengals, and we got the Bandits preview that we're going to go over when they face Halifax tonight. Now, I am recording Thursday, the 29th, around 6 o'clock, so I do not have the Sabres game. They're finally back in action after close to two full weeks off. Their two games got suspended and postponed last Friday, and then Tuesday got uh, pushed to later in the season so we do not have those on today's show but I will have that on Monday's show so we'll start with the Bills the 12 and 3 Buffalo Bills travel to Cincinnati to take on the 11 and 4 Cincinnati Bengals on Monday night football now I wanted to put this on this show because otherwise it would just be a bandits only preview and I like to include more than just one team although it is fun to have a solo show having a solo topic, but the Bills win and the Kansas City Chiefs lose, the Bills will clinch the top seed. They have at least the third seed locked up so far, and with a win, they clinch at least the second seed, so it's a big week versus Cincinnati. They are no no strangers to the high-powered offense because Cincinnati is just as powerful as the Buffalo Bills, maybe even slightly a hair better because of the wide receiver room that the Cincinnati Bengals have, but they're led by Joe Burrow, over 4,200 passing yards, 34 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. A lot of those interceptions happen in one game when he threw, I think, four interceptions in one week. Might have been five, I can't remember, but he's got 69 passing percentage. He has also run it 72 times for 247 and five. A lot of those touchdowns are just goal lines because I am the Joe Mixon fantasy owner. And uh, yeah, definitely he's stolen quite a few touchdowns from Joe Mixon. Like I said, Joe Mixon, just one rush from 200, 787 in the rushing department with six touchdowns, but he's done a lot of work in the receiving game, 55 for 402. Smash P. Ryan right behind him. He filled in great when Mixon went down with a concussion, 89 rushes for 376 and 2, 4.2 a clip, and he's in the big in the receiving game. Both these running backs, Joe Burrow dumps it off to those running backs a lot when his wide receiver room is not getting open, 37 for 283 and 4. I think this is a tale of can the Buffalo Bills shut down the two running backs, which Joe Mixon has had a up and down year, four yards per carry attempt, not that great. He's had that one explosive week where he had five full touchdowns, four rushing and one reception, which uh, I had him in fantasy, and that was a beautiful week. But 
I think the Buffalo Bills will be able to shut down the running game. It's the wide receiver room that has me very, very nervous. They have some of the best collection of wide receivers in the entire league. T. Higgins, 73 for 10, 22, and 7. Jamar Chase, who did miss a couple games, couple, I think two or three games. He still has 79 receptions for 960 and 8. And then Tyler Boyd is one of the best third options in the wide receiver room with 53, 7, 11, and 5. Joe Burrow hits his targets very well. He has take that took he's taken that next step behind an improved offensive line this year, completing 69% of his passes like I said. I think the the biggest thing that the Buffalo Bills have to worry about right now is the wide receivers. Any one of them can burn you. Boyd has had huge weeks. Chase is a threat anytime to house it. T Higgins is no slouch either. I think it's going to come down to what these DBs do. And can the safeties give enough help over top? Because Joe Burrow is going to be throwing it. They're facing the Buffalo Bills, so they're going to have to keep up in points. Their defense is not top-notch, so this is going to be a very, very high-scoring game. I think it's the second highest of the week in over-under. I think around 48, 49 points. So it's is can Trey White cover Jamar Chase? Can Dane Jackson and a combo between Dane Jackson and Kyir Elam shut down uh, uh, T. Higgins? And can Teron Johnson in the slot take care of Tyler Boyd? They also have Hayden Hurst, who should be making his way back, 48-402. He is also a big threat in the wide receiver room because he has had a couple of big games for Joe Burrow. But there's talent all over the field on this offense. I think it's going to come down to can the defense hold up against this? Can they keep this team under 28 points? If you can keep the Cincinnati Bengals under 30 Keep him to that four touchdown pace. If you can keep him under 30 points, I think the Buffalo Bills walk out of this with a win. But the, the Cincinnati Bengals are coming in scoring 26.1 points per game. They're giving up 20.4, but when you're putting up 26.1 points per game, it's it's definitely a, a matchup nightmare for some of this defense, which, yes, this defense is getting healthier. you got a few guys that are questionable right now. Matt Milano's questionable. Christian Benford just got open. He's on the IR, but he just had his 21-day window open. I don't think he's going to be back for this game. Jordan Poyer's questionable. He missed some time. So uh, Jordan Phillips missed some time as well during this week. So it's it's early in the week for a lot of these questionables. Like I said, I'm recording on Thursday, so I, I'm not sure what the breakdown will be. We'll be able to give a better breakdown on the Monday show of exactly who's in, who's out. But I'm I'm... It, it, this game has has got a lot of question marks with it. Can the Buffalo Bills hold up against one of the best teams in the AFC, a team that might stand between them, not just between the number one seed, but a spot in the Super Bowl? It, it, it could come down. This could be a conference title matchup in the making in week 17 here. It's it's very interesting to see what's going to happen here between the, the Buffalo Bills on defense. Can they match up with this talented offense? It's I am very... Very excited for this game. I, I'm again. It, it's a, it's a primetime game. You all know my feelings on primetime games. Not the biggest fan of it, but it's, it's gonna, it's. If you're a fan of football, this might be one of the best games of the year, hands down. The Bills versus the Chiefs in Week Five was a great showdown. There's been some great NFL games this year, but I think Bills versus Cincinnati, not just because of the implications for the number one seed, not just because these are one, these are a handful of the best teams in the AFC that can go on and represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. I think this is a team that, I mean, Cincinnati was just in the Super Bowl last year. 
Yes, they had a lot of things go their way on their way to the Super Bowl, but they made the Super Bowl nonetheless. A lot of teams who lose in the Super Bowl don't even make a playoff appearance the next year. They're already locked in. They got a chance to take over the number one seed with a win over the Bills here because they also defeated the Kansas City Chiefs. If the Kansas, if Cincinnati wins this, they jump from the third seed to the first seed. And Buffalo loses, Kansas City wins, Buffalo falls down to the third seed. So this is not a must-win game, but it's a must-win game if you want that number one seed. You lose this game, you cannot it'll be very difficult to get the number one seed that final week when you're facing the Patriots. So I am, this is must see TV, Monday night football. Very interested to see what Josh Allen V Joe Burrow does both first round picks. It's I am, they are some of the MVP candidates for this year. Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow and Josh Allen are two MVP candidates. They are leading their teams to the playoffs. And I am, I am very nervous what our defense is going to be able to do. Can this defensive line that is nicked and knacked, can can this be a big Gregory Rousseau week? Can this be a big Shaq Lawson week? Can this be a big Boogie Basham week who's also nicked up a bit? I am, it's, it's can A.J. Epinesa get to the, 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 the Joe Burrow? It's because if you get Joe Burrow off his timing, that affects the wide receiver room as well. And I think... The, having both tight ends in this one is very good. Having Jordan Poyer, who hopefully, fingers crossed, is playing in this one. I know he's questionable, but he's been nicked and nacked up all year. I'm saying that word a lot. I understand that. I don't have Phil to cover for me in this one, but Joe Burrow has scared me all year. This has been a game that you've had circled for the longest time. Bills are on a six-game winning streak here coming in. Bengals are on a seven-game winning streak. It's... I... It's must-see TV, Monday Night Football, not just because I already went over the whole AFC implications here, but a lot of people are going to have fantasy football players in this. And I know fantasy football and the NFL, they're colliding here. But just think of how many eyes and how many final matchups are going to come down to this game. There are so many talented players in this game, and it's it's finals week for 97% of the fantasy owners out there. Fantasy football is coming to a close for 97% of leagues this week. And Monday night, including for me, because I have a guy in the Monday night game with Joe Mixon coming down to that. So it could come down to that. It, it's must-see TV. It might be the best game of the NFL season is Monday night. Make sure you get your eyes to it. And the weather's looking okay for this game. It's going to be colder. It's going to be breezier because you're in Cincinnati. But compared to what you've had to do this season so far, playing against Miami in the fourth quarter where it started snowing and Tyler Bass had to hit the field goal with the snow falling on the field. He had to move to Detroit. It's going to be a very, very fun game to be a part of and watch. They're, they're passing for almost 270 yards per per game. They're, they're allowing 225, and they're rushing for just under 100, giving up 106. So this is going to be a very, very Josh Allen v. Joe Burrow game. A lot of, lot of passing in this game, hands down. I mean, this is who you're going against. Sam Hubbard, is he going to be playing? Right now he's questionable. No idea. Again, we'll be able to update you more on Monday, but you'll probably figure out before you listen to this episode. Six and a half sacks. Trey Hendrickson. Hendrickson, six sacks, both safety, both safeties they have out there combined for seven interceptions. So you got to watch that. Josh Allen, last game, two bonehead decisions, throwing interceptions, clear and obvious. The Chicago didn't end up hurting them. Phil mentioned it where, hey, we got this pretty much in the bag. He doesn't have to worry about making those interceptions to kill him. This is the week where 
we need MVP type Josh Allen. We need the Miami Dolphins game, Josh Allen in this one, to be able to defeat the Cincinnati Bengals because this is not the Chicago Bears. You can't go in this one and turn the ball over twice. You can't hand the ball off to the Cincinnati Bengals in your own end and have the defense say, okay, shut them down here because Higgins, Chase, Boyd, Mixon, P. Ryan, Hurst, this team is loaded with offensive talent. Bills are talented on their own end. It'll be another interesting to see. Is it going to be a Cole Beasley week? Is it going to be a John Brown week? Because I believe, and I I know John Brown only has one more allowed call up before he either has to be signed to 53 or, you know, waived. And I, I, I think Cole Beasley is at that point too. I think they both are allowed one. And I think based on what I have seen come playoff time, you can call up and send down practice players as much as you want. But they have to be on your practice squad going into the playoffs. And I think Cole Beasley and John Brown both have one. I can see this being a Cole Beasley week and John Brown doing it next week when they're facing the Patriots because this game is the one that means the most. If you lose this one, number one seed is almost out of reach. It's, it's, if, if, if Kansas City wins, you need Kansas City to lose next week and you need the Cincinnati Bengals to lose next week. You need a lot of help next week. So this is a huge, huge matchup for that number one seed. It comes down to this week. If you defeat the Cincinnati Bengals, you're pretty much almost locked in as the number one seed. You're at least guaranteed the number two seed. But you know, going into playoffs, you want that bye. So that's one less week you have to worry about. Upsets happen all the time. I do. I don't think you want to. It, no matter how good the Bills are, no matter who their opponent would be in that first week, you would rather have them get that extra week of rest and not having to worry about either losing a player in the first round or losing the first round and going home. So I, this is a huge week. Having it on Monday Night Football is even better. I wish there was a Manning cast, but there's not. It's uh, They won't be back until Wild Card Weekend, I believe. It's uh, I, I can't play it up anymore. This is a huge week for the Buffalo Bills, for the NFL, for the AFC. It's going to come down to pretty much this game, is who's going to be the number one seed in the AFC. Will it be Cincinnati? Will it be the Buffalo Bills? I, I can't really see it being Kansas City because, you know, they need a lot of help. And it, it, I think Kansas City, their best hope is if Cincinnati wins this game and then they lose next week and Kansas City wins back-to-back. That I think that's their best hope right here. But BSC changes. I am keeping my rotation. Phil t- texted him before this, asked him if he had any BSC changes, asked if he had any Sabres changes, didn't have any Sabres changes. Asked predictions for the Bandits that we're going to get to. Asked about the changes for the Bandits as well. For the BSC Buffalo Bills, he is subbing out Jordan Poyer, and he's bringing in DeMar Hamlin. I don't really get that one. I don't know if it's just based on the numbers last week because Poyer only had one tackle. I think this is going to be a bigger week for Jordan Poyer in the backfield because I think that the wide receivers for the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be able to get open on these DBs on our team. And I think Jordan Poirier is going to have to give a lot of help in the DB room because a lot of overtop passes and Jordan Poirier is going to have to come up big in this one. I think the Bills are still undefeated when Jordan Poirier plays. I can't, I, I'm pretty sure of that because they only lost three games. I'm pretty sure he was out for all three of those. So if the trend continues, Jordan Poirier is going to be huge in this game. But I don't, I don't really have any prediction per se. I'll just say if the Bills keep the Cincinnati Bengals under 30, they will win this game. It, it, the Bills will be able to score on the Cincinnati Bengals. It's can the defense do enough against this high-powered, great offense for the Cincinnati Bengals to to 
allow their offense the best opportunity here. I could see this being like 42-35. I can honestly see that type of game. It's going to be a lot of points put up in this one. If it's only like a 24-20 game, it's going to be pretty disappointing. But I love high-powered offenses, and two of them clash on Monday Night Football. Well, my rambling here will continue with my next segment with the Buffalo Bandits. They are back off their holiday break. The whole NLL took a week off break because of the Christmas weekend. They are all back in action. Buffalo Bandits play host to the 2-0 Halifax Thunderbirds. Bandits come in 1-1, Halifax 2-0. Halifax has beat Philly 18-8 earlier in the season week 1 and 20-11 in week 3. Buffalo coming in 1-1 like I said. They lost to Albany week one, 11 to 10. We went over that game already. And then week three, they defeated the Toronto Rock 11 to eight in a huge, huge Matt Vince game. Now, even before going into this game, even before going over the Halifax Thunderbirds roster and who you're going to have to keep an eye on and who you're going to have to be watching in your seats in Bannetland is Chris Cloutier. He's going to be out a while per Dietrich on WGR on Thursday morning. He was on with Howard. And he pretty much said Chase Frazier's likely back in February as long as there's no, you know, delays in his rehab. That's that's their goal is to get him back in, in February. But they said that the thumb injury that Cloutier has, he's going to be out a substantial amount of time. And that is scary for a team that has already lost Connor Fields in the offseason. They already don't have Chase Frazier. It's... Losing a third piece of that with Chris Cloutier, you need a guy to step up. And one of those guys that I think can step up is Thomas Wasine, who was a first-round pick in 2021. He didn't play last year. He's still in college. He signed his his entry-level deal this offseason. Former first-round pick, like I said. It'll be, I'm very excited to see what he can add to this offense. A little bit of spark, a little bit of youth, a little bit of, you know, getting in there, getting his hands dirty, setting those picks that, Cloutier is going to be missed for him and Byrne work that left side amazingly. And it's going to be very interesting to see how this rotation of players works. You're going to need some guys to step up. I, the, the injury report doesn't come out until Friday, Friday afternoon. So I don't know what the injuries are going to look like. I know Nick Weiss was questionable last time he ended up playing. Uh, Brad McCulley's is he going to be coming off the IR? Because that would be a huge lift. I know Dylan Robinson got hurt in the last game. What's his status? So it's going to it's going to be that injury report, which I wish they would start doing on Thursday before the games actually happen on Friday so we could have this on the show. But a lot of things have, drop on Friday that I wish would have drop it on Thursday so we could have this. But I that, that loss of Chris Cloutier is going to hurt big time for this offense. They need another guy to step up. They need Dane Smith to start putting in more goals. One goal, I know they're just getting double teamed. I know he's getting shadowed a lot. We need to find opportunities for Dane Smith to put the ball in the back of the net. We need that pick and roll type plays that Nanakoke and, Burn, er, and Dane had a lot last year. Byrne has been contributing with goals. He's got four goals on the year. Bucky's got uh, three on the year so far. Nanakoke's got six on the year. So we need Dane Smith to start pumping those in. I know he's got 11 assists or 10 assists. I'm sorry, but we need to start having Dane Smith score those, those dirty goals and in, in tight. We need to start finding and designing plays to get him open so he can take that wicked shot. He's got it's, it's that news that dropped on Wednesday when we saw that with Chris Cloutier going out, it's, it's, it's going to hurt. They, they definitely need some guys to step up. A, a Brandon Robinson stepping up. A, a Is is Dalton Solver going to be playing more forward uh, like he did last game? Is is Brandon McCauley going to be coming back? Another fir- former first-round pick in 2020. 
I am, it's, it's a bit nerve wracking, but the scene came out in the same year as Nanako. So it'll be, it'll be very interesting to see two former first round picks in that draft go out and, and play on the same field together. It's, it's going to be exciting to see a lot more youth on this team than, you know, we might've anticipated going into the year. And it's not a matchup you want to be going in versus Halifax being down another top offensive player for the Buffalo Bandits because the Halifax Thunderbirds are a very, very scary team. They're averaging 19 goals a game so far. They've put 38 in in their two games. They've only allowed 19, which is 9.5 a game. So they double up their own own score. It's That's exactly what's happening. They put up 19 a game, only allow 9.5. Did the math quick. That's 19 uh, difference there. It's 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 a very high powered offensive team that I think me and Phil both underestimated. We both had them third in the division in the East, uh, right behind Toronto and Buffalo, and that's how I had it in that order: Toronto and Buffalo. But Halifax is a very very well built team, veteran presence. Ryan Benesh and Cody Jamison on the left side with Eric Fennell. Benesh has got sixteen points already: eight, eight, and six. Sixteen, fifteen loose balls, nineteen shots on net. Cody Jamison, 4, 10, and 14. They are the facilitators on that left side. And as much as I love Benny, and as much as I wanted him to come back to Bandit Land, him signing with Halifax was a dagger for the Buffalo Bandits and the Buffalo Bandit uh, uh, fans out there because he's just so good. He's ageless. He doesn't stop. That left side is so talented between Jamison and Banesh. They can feed it over to the right side with Chris Bushy, Clark Patterson, and Austin Shanks. And then Randy Stats is also over there. That right side is so deadly. I mean, Shanks has only played in one game. He's got four assists already, 10 loose balls, 18 shots on net. Uh, I'm sorry, two loose balls, four shots on net. I, I was reading Pedersen's uh, stats and said, Pedersen, 6, 7, 13, 10 loose balls, 18 shots on net. Stats, 5, 10 for 15, 10 loose balls, 28 shots on net. This team has weapons on both sides of the ball. We're going to need this defensive unit to step up. We're going to need a lot of block shots to get in front of Matt Vince, clear the lane so Matty Vince has some clear shots. I watched their game their first week when they faced Philly. My God, they made Zach Higgins look silly on some of those with just the whip cross passes. They were getting wide open shots after wide open shots after wide open shots. You need to be sound defensively. They're good in the transition game. They're good in the faceoff doubt with Jake Weathers. He's <laughs> Jake Weathers right now, 73% faceoff. Again, Max Adler, poor guy. I mean, He's had to go up against the three with three of the top faceoff guys in the league back to back to back. And he had to do that all last year. These faceoff guys in the Eastern Conference are just deadly. And then you throw in Trevor Baptiste, who we haven't even faced yet in Philly. It's they are very good in the transition game. You gotta watch out for them. Colton Armstrong, he's got uh eleven loose balls, three cause turnovers, but he's in the transition game. He's got two assists. Ryan Teref uh Terf- he's got two goals, two sh- two assists, four shots. Uh, I'm sorry, two goals, two assists, four points on 18 loose balls. He can score with the best of them. It's This team has talent from the back end all the way to the front end with the goal scorers. It's going to be a very high-scoring game, you would hope, because I, I, I can see both teams getting into the teens and goals in this one. I, I can see... Matt Vince getting peppered with shots. I mean, he he made 60 saves last week versus Toronto. It's going to be up towards that amount because this team is just too talented. You're not going to be able to keep them under 10 goals. If you do that, my God, Matt Vince and the whole defensive core 
needs a trophy of some sort because this team is just so talented right, right now. They're gelling so well. The new pieces that they brought in, it's like they didn't they didn't miss a beat. It, I think that helps when you're bringing in veteran presence like Cody Jamison, who's been there for a year now, like uh, Banesh, who was there for a bit part of of um, 2020, I believe he was there in 2020, gels right back in in 2022. It's like he never left. It's Randy Stats comes in. Austin Shanks comes back. It's this this team on the offensive end is so deadly and so talented. They have guys on both sides of the ball that can score for the best of them. And then they can also dish them. There's no selfish guys on this offensive unit where it's, hey, I got to get mine and then you can get yours. They work as one. Tyson Bell on the defensive end. Graham Hosick, who used to be a defender, three-time defending Defender of the year, two games, one goal, two assists, three points, 12 loose balls, two cost turnovers, and a block already. He is, he looks like he's fully healthy, looks like he's back in the groove of it. And then you got two goalies back there. I think, personally, I think it's going to be Warren Hill. He's 1 0, 8.8 goals against 80 save percentage, or Drew Hutchinson. 1 0, 10. 10.09 goals against 74% save percentage. I think it's going to be Warren Hill against this one. Hutchinson played in that game versus the New York Riptide. Hill got the one against the uh, Philly um, uh, the Philly Wings. I think it's going to be Hill in this one. But either way, it's talented from in between the pipes, out in the defense core, great in the transition game, and then just some of the top-level players in the forward group. It's you're going to be on the edge of your seat. A lot of this game, you're going to be very frustrated. A lot of times it's just that you can't have any defensive breakdowns. And I'm very happy that Steve Priola was able to come back in the Toronto game, having him have one game under his belt coming into this Halifax game full go where he can organize that in that back end. You can't have any slip ups. You can't have any dumb penalties. You can't give this team any opportunities on the power play because they'll kill you. And it's, it's it's a team that you can't make any of those small mistakes for. And going into the season, I thought Halifax was going to be good. But two games through, I didn't think they were going to be this good. I didn't think they would be able to put up the goals that they've been doing, and I didn't think they'd be able to shut down the teams that they've played so far. New York has a very good team. I know they were missing Callum Crawford in that game. They still put up 11 goals. It's 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 going to be a, a raucous crowd in Banditland tonight. I heard the whole 100 level is sold out. I heard there's only a few select seats in the 200s, and I heard the 300 level is selling as well. There's going to be well over 10,000 people in that arena on Friday night after the blizzard and everything that Buffalo has been through in the last week. I think it's time to show up. I think it's time that the, the players on the field show up and give everybody that's been digging out of the snow that's had terrible losses my heart goes out to everybody that lost a loved one in this in this horrible, horrible situation that Buffalo's had to go through, and uh, it's it's a night that it you just go to the arena and you let the players perform on the field and bring some enjoyment to the area that is much needed. Make sure you get there early. Make sure you drive out there safe because some of the lanes and the park and the and the and the, the lanes. I can't, it's the streets. I, this is why I need Phil here to correct me. The streets are only going to be one lane plowed. I, I hope they, it starts melting a bit, but it's going to be a huge, huge game. This has going into the new year. You don't want to be one and two. You don't want to be under 500. It's, it's a health, get Halifax that first loss, even up the series bump ahead of them in the division. Remember, this is this is not like baseball. This is not like the NHL where you have a ton of games. You got 18 games. 
You only got Halifax two more times, and it's a home-and-home week 11 and 12. So you're not going to see them for quite a bit. I think it's in February, March. I think it's March if I'm looking correctly and thinking correctly. I don't have that full calendar on my in front of me right now, but it's week 11 and 12 that you get a home-and-home versus Halifax, and then you get Colorado. So a huge, huge series. You got Halifax, Halifax, Colorado, San Diego, Toronto next time you face Halifax. So if you get Halifax out of the way here, you got a home-and-home against Georgia who are – you know, they're not the top level team, but you also lost to Albany, so you can't look past them. But if you defeat Halifax, you're two and one. You're looking good going into the New Year's. You got back to back versus Georgia. If you take them down, you're sitting at four and one. Everything's looking good. You're making your way towards February, hopefully getting Chase Frazier back. Hopefully Chris Cloutier's healing fast and can get back as quick as possible. But uh, you can't look past uh, Halifax here because like I keep saying they're averaging 19 goals a game allowing just 9.5 it's a scary scary team that you're going to be going up against on Friday night so like we do every week I did not get Phil's prediction I was wrong I look back I tried to find it he did not send me his prediction for this game but I'll give mine and last time the Buffalo Bandits played and they were playing Toronto they I, I predicted I predicted a 13-11 loss. They won 11-8. This one, week one, I predicted a 12-8 win. They lost. So this one, it's not that I am hoping for this, and I know I've been catching a lot of flack for talking the way I have against the Buffalo Bandits, even though I've been trying to be as critical as possible and try to take off my fandom hat and put on my analysis hat. And... I got the Buffalo Bandits losing this one, falling to 1-2, and 14-11. I think the Halifax Thunderbirds are just way too talented on the offensive end. If Chris Cloutier was playing in this game, I might have had it going in the Buffalo Bandits' favor. But because it's Thomas Vecine's first game, because we don't know if Brad McCulley is going to be back, because we don't know is, is Dalton Solver going to be getting more time in the, uh, in the, the offensive end. Can... Nanakoke, Buchanan, Smith, and Byrne carry the load that you have lost with Frazier and Chris Cloutier being out. I, I just don't know if they're going to be able to carry that load. I think they'll get to 11. But again, last last time they Buffalo Bandits played, I had them to lose and they won. So maybe I have that trend going for me. So maybe if I continue to pick them to lose, they'll keep winning. Uh, touchback base on uh, Monday, and uh, we'll see what exactly happened in that. But for the BSC changes here, Phil has taken over, and he has released Brandon Robinson into the wild. He has picked up Thomas Fasine. I like the pickup. I was contemplating going back and forth whether or not I wanted to grab the dice, roll it, or the, the coin, flip it, and see if I could win Thomas Fasine back, but he needs the help. He needs the help to try to catch back up. I almost have a 200-point gap on him already, and we're only you know beginners in the hockey season and the uh, the both teams, Buttes and Sabers, and then the Bandits are only going to be three games through. So it's uh, he's got some catching up to do. So I'll let him have Thomas Fasine, but I think I am going to drop Chris Cloutier. I was going to hang on to him because. But because of Steve Dietrich saying that it's it's a, it's a substantial thumb injury, he's going to be out a while. I can't hold on to him right now as much as I want to hang on to him and just say, hey, Phil, I've been beating you before. I'm going to grab Dalton Solver. And because he's been playing more offensive than defense, I know he's still listed as transition. But talk to Phil. Phil likes the ad. So I think it's going to be okay. I'm going to add Dalton Solver for Chris Cloutier. Chris 
heal up quick because we need you back. And this team is not going to be the same without you doing all the little things that makes this offense work and creates lanes for Josh Byrne to do what he does. And you were the highest point producer on my team. It definitely hurts. You were having a great start to the season. So having you gone for any amount of time is definitely going to hurt the Buffalo Bandits. But it gives opportunities to the younger guys, which we said Bandits are coming into the season with a lot of young guys out to prove a make a name for themselves. And this is a perfect opportunity to do that. And another segment that we do every week is possible milestones on this one. Chris had two of them. Chris Cloutier had two possible milestones. Sadly, I have to cancel those out because he will not be playing for a while. So those milestones are possibly being able to be passed the next time we see him out on the field. But Dane Smith is four shots away for 1,400 for his career. Insane amount of shots. I don't think I've ever shot a lacrosse ball or even pass a lacrosse ball as many times as he's put up in his NLL career. I know that stat has only been tracked for a certain amount of time, so it's it's got a slight asterisk next to it based on where he ranks all time in NLL history and Bandits history, but for his career, 1,400 shots, huge, and he could get that in the first quarter. He is also 10 loose balls away for 700 for his career. That is possible. He had double-digit loose balls in game one. I believe he had seven or eight. I, I can't remember off the top of my head how many he had in game two. But 10, he could get to 700 for his career. That's a huge number, huge accomplishment for him if he can get it in the Halifax game. Josh Byrne, five assists away from passing Micah Kersey for sixth all-time in Bandits history. Steve Priolo is just one assist away from passing Sean Williams for 11th all-time in Buffalo Bandits history. So four milestones that could be passed in this Halifax game. If they do, huge congrats to all three of those guys. Dane Byrne, or Dane Smith, Josh Byrne, and Steve Priolo, all huge accomplishments. One of them, Dane Smith with personal goals, and uh, Josh Byrne and Steve Priolo moving up all-time ranks for the Buffalo Bandits. So with that, I am going to close out this show. Thank you all for sticking with me, who is still working his way back to 100% because of all the snow that we had. I was outside a ton, snow blowing, helping neighbors snow blow, trying to get out of the street, helping people get out of the street. It's been a lot of outdoor weather, and I didn't dress warmly enough, so I had a head cold, and I am recovering from that. I will be in Banditland. I am feeling much better than I was the last few days. I am on the meds, I am on the mend, and I will be there. But on our next show, we got two Sabres games, possibly three, depending on the Sunday game. I think they play at 7, so we probably won't have that one on the show. But Sabres are facing Detroit tonight, Thursday, as I'm recording right now. Their first home game and first game in close to two weeks. Sabres are traveling to Boston on Saturday, and like like I said, Sunday, they are traveling to Ottawa. So two games away Uh, Boston and Ottawa over the weekend will probably only have the Boston and Detroit game to cover on the next show because the Sunday night game at 7 o'clock when they're facing Ottawa, we will be recording. We will also review the Bandits versus Halifax game. Hopefully it's all good news. Hopefully we'll be having Phil back and he can give his analysis on the game as well because we will both be at the game. And uh, I am in my championship for fantasy football in the main league that we care about most. I defeated Phil. I, uh, I smushed his face into the ground. And his team, just like we said on the last show, just decided as a collective not to score any touchdowns. And my whole team decided, yes, let's just put up and smush his face in it and win by over 50 points, I think it was. I think it was close to 60. He was the number one seed. Yes, he lost Jalen Hurts, so it does hurt. But I am on to the finals. It's looking... uh, 
very even between me and the third seed. I was the fourth seed. I defeated the fifth seed and the first seed to make it to my second finals last time I was here. I defeated Phil for my first championship in this. So I'm looking to add to my trophy collection and win this one in the BSC League. We got two guys going up against it. One who has been in the lead all year long. The other one is a dark horse. I think he was the fifth or fifth or fourth seed into the playoffs, so he made it to the finals as well. So it's coming down to both will I win in the CFFL League and who will walk away with the first BSC Fantasy Football Listener Championship over in Fantasy Football. So with that, thank you all for listening to this special edition of the PK Solo Buffalo Sports Collective. Follow along with us on Facebook and Instagram at Buffalo Sports Collective and on Twitter at Buffalo Sports Co. Visit our website at buffalosportscollective.com. Subscribe to our channel wherever you listen to podcasts, and make sure you leave us that review on Apple and Spotify. Until next time, bye-bye.